Here at Mountain Dew, it's easy to tell who really loves the outdoors. For one thing, there's the rack on your car and the hitch on the back of your truck. There's your garage full of toys, from dirt bikes to wakeboards. And there's your cooler full of Mountain Dew, always at the ready. Because when it's time to get out there, you know, climb into your deer stand or your fishing boat, a cooler of ice-cold Mountain Dew, that's as important a piece of outdoor gear as your spinning rod or your four-wheeler. Mountain Dew. Get out and do. This is WWE Hall of Famer, The Think, Howard Finkel, and you're listening to the Nerd Coalition. Welcome to No Gimmicks Needed. Yes! 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 If you can survive, if I let you. You have to be the man! You gotta beat the man! Woo! The kids do big that sucker! Do I have everybody's attention now? Yeah, I hear you, CM Punk. Welcome back to the No Gimmicks Needed Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Mr. Andy, and joining me is my co-host, not Deion Sands of Primetime. What's up, y'all? It's me. It's me. P-R-I-M-E. Yes. P- uh, we are both back here. Happy Hanukkah out there to everybody, to all my Jewish listeners out there. I believe, I don't I don't know if we're, I think maybe it's the fourth day. or Well, by the time you guys are here, it's probably fourth, fifth day. Of Hanukkah, so I want to make sure you know wish everybody happy Hanukkah out there. And then you know uh, we're getting close to uh, our holiday as well as Christmas, and then after Christmas Kwanzaa, of course, so the Christmas Hanukkah Kwanzaa as they call it. So uh, hope everybody's out there enjoying you know what they can and what's going on out there because uh, I know the world is rough. It's rough out there, but you know what? It, it will get better eventually. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, it's to be talking about twenty twenty one. Yeah, yeah, I'm about to say. Okay, okay. This year was in the bag back in what? The first six months? <laughs> so I was like, yeah, this thing is in the bag already. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a crazy year in review episode when we when we talk about who uh, our wrestling awards. I, I, I don't want to talk about the, the damn Slammies. They tried to do a Slammy award show. Did you know that? I've seen it. I already checked out when I seen some of the the categories. I was like, I think we could do better categories than that. <laughs> but, for, one, for, for one, how is, you know what, hold on, I'm going to go back and look for this one. Are you talking about Lana versus the table? No, yes, how is that for field of the year? Because <laughs> you know, off of comedy shit alone, they're going to give it to her. They're going to give it to her for future. Out of Bailey and Sasha, they're going to give it to Lana and the table. Screw and R-Truth versus the real. Man. And, I, and you know what the funny thing is? The, the, the best R-Truth 24-7 stuff came last year with Drake Maverick. And you know the one that I'm, that I don't, that I dislike the most? What? Return of the year. And they got Goldberg winning the championship. Uh, yeah. No, yeah, no thank you. Because somebody somebody returned after a career threatening injury after ten years, and Goldberg is is up for the grab. Yeah, stop it. And, and, and this is coming from a Goldberg fan, people. Just so y'all know that, okay? Goldberg fan. So, uh, well, look, 
before we get into because we got we got a lot of things to talk about on today's episode. So before we get into that, make sure you guys check out spacesphilly.com. Spaces Philly, a place you get your all your black podcasts here in Philly. And make sure you guys check out the content they have on there. Lulu and Pop, Lulu and Pop Horror Show, both sides and the Market Dark Show. Then also check out the content the Nerd Coalition has up there as well, such as the No Gimmicks Scene Wrestling Podcast, Nerdgasm Talk Podcast, Turntables, Hip Hop Culture and Beyond, Drunk Thoughts, Sober Tongue. All great stuff coming there. 2021, we are going to be adding new podcasts here. I'm going to actually talk to my man Prime to see if me and Prime can do some collaborating business here. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So we we gonna be we we gonna be doing some talking because to have some things in store for you guys for 2021 to get this the stench of 2020 off of us. Make sure you guys check out also us on all the podcasts apps such as Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Play. Excuse me, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, all that great stuff. Also, we we got the, the podcast snippets on YouTube, so you guys listen to us on YouTube Premium as well. Uh, also, make sure you guys check out TheRealNerdCoalition.com. Once again, that's TheRealNerdCoalition.com for your Nerd Coalition merch. Or go to Teespring slash Nerd Coalition. And you guys can get the Nerd Coalition Studio shirts, the Level Up shirts, the No Gimmick Seated Wrestling t-shirts. And, of course, you guys can get the hoodies that's getting cold outside. And people talk about snow. Uh, like, hey, we up here in the Northeast, so you already know snow is a thing for us. I don't know down there in, you know, in the Southeast for uh, prime time, but... Uh, we Let's get, just say, uh, right now I'm wearing a t-shirt and some shorts, and I'm warm. I'm sweating yeah. almost. Florida, I tell you. <laughs> Florida, I tell you. Well, you know, up here up here in Philly, man, I'm telling y'all, man, it, it, it's cold. So, uh, make sure you guys get blown up in a uh, no give me seat of wrestling hoodie. And you guys can also go out there and fight COVID-19 with your... NC Studios mask or, you know, NC Level Up mask. Make sure you go out there and protect yourself. Mask up, you know what I'm saying, until, you know, we can get the, you know, the vaccine, which obviously drops in my city Tuesday. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I said, so, well, I mean, trust me, like, I want to be first in line. I'm saying, I wait. And put, uh, you know, yeah, it, it, it drops on Tuesday, so, hey. It's. I'm curious how uh, how they're gonna do this. You gotta let me know when it drops down there. You 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 you, you gonna get in line for yours, Prime? Uh. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's a clear clear stroke. All right. Well, you know what I'm saying, but we can all unite here and talk about some wrestling talk, bruh. The wrestling news this week. So I took a break this week. If you guys haven't noticed, I said I'm not going to really pay attention and, and take notes. Well, any wrestling this week, that means no Raw, no SmackDown, no NXT, no AEW, and no Impact, like I watch Impact. But Kenny Omega was going to be on it this week. I was like, well, maybe I could try to find a way to, you know, check it out. And, oh, fun fact, though, Impact, listen to me, Impact beat, beat NXT in the ratings this week. <laughs> Damn, did, I was excited for the Did cleaner. y'all hear that shit? Impact Wrestling. Who barely can average a hundred thousand viewers beat NXT in the ratings this week? That's crazy. Yeah, because it's on a different day as well. So you know, everybody, everybody was interested on that Tuesday Impact episode. Exactly. So this is a weird time Impact anyway. But yeah, so that's what it was. Uh, you never know. Hey, maybe me and Prime made for twenty twenty one. Start reviewing Impact. 
<laughs> nah, maybe not. Uh, but uh, so yeah, I took a break and I was like, but I'm still want to do a podcast to talk about the stuff that happened in the weekend. There was so much happened, but first we got to start off on a somber note because we lost a, we lost another one. We lost another one. Uh, rest in peace to Tiny Lister. Now, uh, Tiny Lister is being talked about on this podcast for. Uh, great reasons because for those who are in mostly into wrestling, remember Ty Lister as the character from of Zeus from No Holds Bar. You know the, the the movie with Hulk Hogan back in 1989 when that movie came out. Of course, his stint that he had that that two uh, that one or two year program he had WWE where he had a main event tag team match at SummerSlam. He was part of the Survivor Series team. That still was the weirdest thing ever. On continuity uh, reasons, of course, but still. Exactly. And then, but of course, he's also known for, of course, pop culture movies and for his iconic role as Debo in the Friday movies. Mm-hmm. Or just a bully in general. This is his character, basically. Exactly. His character is, but uh, yeah, he, uh, like, he has had a very good resume of movies and, and TV shows that he has starred in that people may not truly not even know about. Because, I mean, you, you, if you're wrestling, you know about Debo, but then also you, you, you may know about... Uh, if you're wrestling, you know about No Hope Bar. And then, of course, if you're like you're black in the urban movies, you know about the Friday movies. But, I mean, this man, has, he has, like, so many little roles peppered in over, you know, decades. And, I mean, he has... So many. Uh, I look at his, his filmography, and it's just—it's just amazing. It's just like you can see that he just keeps scrolling down of how much stuff this man from music videos to television uh, shows to movies. It's, it's amazing because uh, he—he was in. Uh, I just had him here. Remember the time? Yeah. Uh, Ice Cube, you can do it. Put your back into it. Remember that? <laughs> 50 Cent Chameleonaire then you go up to you know, the, the TV shows I remember I do remember him on the episode of Martin I uh yeah, he probably, he, I'm telling you he probably was on every show as the bully or as the the, the older the big grown guy basically yeah Moesha Jamie Foxx show Fresh Prince of Bel-Air Walking Texas Rangers Step by Step <laughs> NYPD Blue I don't even want to know what he was doing on step by step. He probably was. Uh, well, he played secu- he played security guard. Oh, okay. I thought he was gonna be the stereotype. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yes, yeah, so from movies like Zootopia was the most recent one. Well, I mean, it wasn't the most recent one, but it's probably the one that people will, may have known the most. It's the most popular. Death's Door, Heaven's Door. Wait a minute. I know there was two kind of movies like that. Uh. You know, the, he had uh, the the part in the Dark Knight who actually made one of the um, crucial decisions in the whole boat th- in the whole boat brigade with the uh, with the bomb, and he has just been in a lot of stuff that you know it, it's not like you know he was just you no know, you know he was a top tier you know person that passed away, and it sucks because. 
he was found dead in his home at the age of 62 in California. And people may have thought it was natural causes, but his manager was saying that they believe that he passed away from COVID. Well, that's what everybody gonna say when they don't know. So, well, I mean, well, the thing is, it was saying that he had COVID earlier this year, mm-hmm. and he was he was he was being sick, and then uh, his then he said he he was he was feeling fine, better never getting himself back in you know shape and stuff like that. Which a lot of people, including myself, that when they did have COVID, they, they've been doing that. But then it was about a week ago they said that. Um, he uh, he see uh, I don't know. Uh, hold on. Okay. Well, he he used a lot of that to work out stuff like that. But they said that a week before his death, he started not feeling well again. And he uh, at first he thought it was his diabetes that was uh, was kicking up and stuff like that. He wasn't feeling right. But then um, he says it feels like I'm getting COVID again. Now, if for people out there, if you've had COVID the first time. When it creeps back, you know what it is again. Because it's a certain kind of sickness that it's just like, damn. Like when I first had COVID, I was like, okay, I have a feeling in my body that this is COVID because I've had fevers before, but this is something different. So, you know, um, and then, uh, you know, uh, that that was a week. That was a week before, uh, you know, he he actually passed away, and then he said after the weekend, he said he was a, uh, after the past weekend, he said he was still having a hard time breathing, which that that COVID doesn't attack you know the respiratory the breathing, and he t- he told his manager that he needed to get tested, again, but uh, well his manager told him he needed to get tested again, but he he feels as though that he think he was afraid to get uh tested again. And then, but they were supposed to go to the doctor on Thursday, and obviously Thursday never happened because they found him uh, dead, passed away. So that's sad news. Yeah, that's seriously. And then you know you got like his closest friends and people saying they're kicking, they're kicking themselves for taking him out to get tested earlier. But even you know what I'm saying it, it, it's like you shouldn't feel bad about yourself because. Getting yourself, you know, even if you get tested earlier, it, you know, you still have to wait, wait three days for them results back unless they got a new way to get them back, you know, that day, something like that. I mean, because things have changed since even when we uh, have gotten sick of how fast they've been moving with, with this technology. And maybe she's probably saying they probably could have put him in the hospital or something like that and put him on a ventilator or something like that to, to, to help him out, whatever the case may be. And he was already in his 60s. He had pre uh, pre existing conditions and stuff like that, and so um, it's a uh, it really is sad news. Yeah, yeah. seriously, just so, back to back to back. So, what is your like? So, when you were growing up, did did you know Tyler listen as Debo or Zeus? Uh, honestly, I just know him as that big guy. To be honest with you, to that big guy. Seriously, I'm saying the big guy with the with the with the weird eye. Yeah, which with the weird eye. Come to find out, he he was born blind that eye. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, I did not know that until like a couple months ago. Look, I think I didn't know he was blind enough, but I thought he like I thought it was a thing where he was 
trying to work that intimidating character and, and like a gimmick, living the gimmick, basically. Is that exactly, living the gimmick? So the thing about it is, I saw Zeus back in the day, but I forgot all about him, just like Isaac Yankum and all them. And mm-hmm. when when Debo came out, that's what you know everybody known him as. And then when I went back and uh, watched some of the Hogan, so I was like, wait a minute. That's the, so wait, Zeus and Debo are the same people. Like I was just now putting it together back when I was like a teenager and stuff like that. And Zeus uh, was the character of No Host Bar. Have you, have you ever seen No Host Bar? Yep. Unfortunately. I, I mean, it's, it's not a great movie, obviously. And uh, so, What's that smell? <laughs> It's it, it, like I said, it's it's not it's not the, the like I said the, the, the greatest of movies obviously but it was it was a, a thing that you know Hulk Hogan didn't help him it was it, it was supposed to launch Hulk Hogan into the whole uh, stardom of the, of Hollywood. Mm-hmm. It's like that. Sucker, bro. Yeah, and <laughs> that even was, was... <laughs> even though Hogan don't even play himself. He plays a, a character named Rip Thomas. That's that's what that's what don't make sense to me. How you gonna play a different character? He played a different character, but when you get there, you're Hulk Hogan. He's still Zeus. Like he, he came out the movie. Like he came out the movie. Like, <laughs> like through the screen. You be like the Fed Hour movie. They came. Yeah, he came through the screen, screen to get him. Like oh god. No, because I'm saying I was just like yeah. So he's Rip Thomas in the movie instead of Hulk Hogan. I was just like, but it could have been like I well. Don't know. That's so weird because they do call him Hulk in the movie too. Like, I was just, I was just about to say, like, does Marvel have a property over Hulk? Like, like, cause it's 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 Hulk. But if they call him that in the movie, you're sitting there like, okay, whatever. So So, they could call him in the movie, but I don't know if he could be the name. Like, I I don't know. You could call him H Hogan or just Hogan. Anybody call him today? Just just Hogan. But the whole Rip Thomas thing, I was just like, okay. Whatever the case may be, so they did an interview with Hogan to talk about Zeus because obviously Zeus was like uh, he he did, uh, he did not know how to wrestle. We're well, not talking about everything what he knew, it? brother. I'm playing. Uh, what did Hogan say? So he was in an interview, and you know Zeus was not a, a, a good wrestler. So uh, with that being said, Zeus would be very rough with uh, Hogan, and then, of course Hogan and Beefcake and all the people. Uh, which he used to call Beefcake the Barber. He never called it Brutus Beefcake. Or Brutus the Barber Beefcake. It's Beefcake the Barber. So, uh, anytime that they had a safe word with Zeus or, or Tiny, and uh, every time he would like squeeze Hold it. Hold real quick, real quick, real quick. Yeah. Hulk Hogan tweeted, Yo, Zeus, RIP, my big brother, it's taking a couple days for me to regroup. If you don't. <laughs> He's clanging and banging. Out of all the people, Zeus is the one that's taking you a couple of days to recover from. All right. It wasn't me, G, brother. Zeus. It wasn't me, G. It wasn't none of them other people. It was, it was Zeus, this person that you probably only seen in the 80s, not any time since. You think, do you sit there and think Hogan seen a Friday movie? No. I, no. Uh, no. Hogan ain't seen no Friday movie. Yeah, so, so I'm sitting there. You know, it's just, I don't mean to laugh. I mean, like, you know, everybody's out to agree with their own way. It's just that people, you got to say something. It's called the Hulk Hogan. Hogan sit there like, you know, he said, can you just picture Hogan sitting in his dark house, just sitting over in the corner like, Tiny, 
Oh, brother! Like it was just, it just, it was very upset. It's like it, it took, it took me a minute, to, you know, took me a minute to say something, which translates even, to me like, oh, I just found out today. Say what? I said, even he didn't even do the death of Pat Patterson. It, it, he just said, oh, it's just, just a tough warning, but I'm shocked, but I'm good. But <laughs> Zeus, you gotta take him a couple days to regroup. Huh? All right. <laughs> uh. a, 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 it was just like, well. It, it, it could have been a Hogan like, oh, damn, bro. I just found out, like, today, like, this 30 minutes ago. He probably just found out, like, yeah, he kind of died a couple of days ago. But, he, you know, but, you know, I don't know why that's funny. But he, so he had a safe word. And Brut, uh, Hogan's safe word for Zeus when he got too rough was, you ready for it? Which is a dumb, all right. <laughs> all right. <laughs> was Free James Brown. <laughs> so every time Zeus would I can't, I can't imagine that I can't imagine that <laughs> ah, I just can't Every time Zeus would put a bear hug A bear hug on or too much Or you know he was getting a little too rough for Hogan he would yell out "Free James Brown" because at the time, hey, you know what? You know what he should have said back. What? <laughs> Say it loud. <laughs> oh, I can imagine that. I can imagine that. Yeah. Free James Brown. What? Say it loud. Free James Brown. Brother. <laughs> That's what I thought. So, Taking liberties. Oh, uh, so, uh, so. Uh, damn, it's just funny. Uh, at the, at, at that right. time in the eighties, I remember James Brown was in jail for something. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it was a is that no, that's not, that's not the one he had shot up that thing, is it? It could have been. He, he was on a high speed chase with his shotgun. Or was that in the two thousands? No, that was in. I think that was in the eighties because remember he had that comeback with that no static song. Okay, so maybe that was yeah, maybe with a full force, but um, so. He he said that was the safe word, and then there was one part in No Holds Bar where Hogan actually hit Tiny so hard he broke his nose, and then so Hogan sitting there scared because Tiny looking over at him, and he like, oh yo, boy about to whoop my ass, you know what I'm saying? And then he 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 told him he was like, what's what happened? I thought you liked me. What happened to James Brown? And I was just like. So, so the, 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 the free James Brown, according to uh, Hogan the Tiny, was a, a thing that uh, you know he said, and it, it got a laugh out of him for him to know how to you know kind of like dial it back a little bit. It's just funny how Hogan talks about people uh, dialing it back because I, I go right back to that Undertaker Tombstone thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, stuff. <laughs> so you know, uh, then they. Uh, had the SummerSlam tag team matchup with uh, it was uh, Zeus and Macho was the Macho King going up against uh, Hogan and, and, and Beefcake, which that SummerSlam main event uh, drew a shit ton of money. Yeah, because they tried to wreak a lot of people that watched the movie probably wanted to see what was going to happen. Exactly, it, it drew it drew a lot of money, and it at that time they kept Zeus in tag team match stuff like that because he was not. Obviously, Tiny told him that he was not a wrestler, 
And first of all, when they asked him about it, the first thing he said was, I'm not gay. I wasn't going to, you know, go around touching other guys and stuff like that. But then they showed the paycheck and he was just like, oh, well, yeah. What should you need me to do? So, am I tripping or was Zeus in a uh, triple cage match? You're not tripping. Oh, so he was in WCW. He okay, was okay. in WCW. He had a short stint in WCW because WCW tried to get uh, tried to get the money off of Zeus or what WWE made, and it didn't work out. And there's actually a match between Zeus versus Abdullah the Butcher on YouTube that has got to be ranked one of the worst matches in professional wrestling history. I bet. Look at the two people you just named. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm scared. I'm scared. Scared to watch that one. I don't even. I don't even want to. I'm like. I want to. I want to have a good memory of both men. I don't even want to think of uh of things of that nature. So, uh, there's a couple stories. You know, I heard a lot of them. I didn't even hear when it comes to like you know the uh, <clears throat> wrestler thing. But the whole whole. Oh, wow. His his name wasn't even Zeus. It was the gangster. Oh, you know, it's WCW, right? Yes. That sounds like a WCW thing to do. Does it not? Let's not be the. Let's just call it the Z Gangster. So, yeah. yeah uh, it, 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 first of all, I'll I, I give WWE credit for this because WWE knew how to book Zeus. Because when you see him, you were instantly. Like, you. Little kids were scared of this guy. Yeah, and, the grown men is too. Exactly. Like, Dio has always had that intimidating, intimidating presence. And when he was in the wrestling, they knew how. Because that's back in the day of how you played to somebody's strengths opposed to their weaknesses. And I'm like, but, I mean, because like it, it's today's wrestling, he probably wouldn't have made it. But uh, now a days, uh, I mean, but back back in the day, yeah, he he was. Uh, Somebody to be feared, and like you didn't, you did not want to mess with Zeus, not, 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 not at all. So um, he he that that, that guy okay, has made. A, so that, that I'm guy. watching. I'm watching this cage match. And <laughs> Hulk Hogan and Macho Man are wearing this man out with a frying pan. <laughs> a frying pan. All right. Oh, Free Jays Brown. <laughs> Bro, first of all, so look, I I hope Hogan's okay. <laughs> I hope Hogan's okay. It took Taylor a couple of days, brother. I hope he's okay. Hopefully, he's regrouped. <laughs> it's not even funny, but to um, Tom Melissa's family and all those man, look, may he rest in peace. You, you have my condolences. You know, what I'm saying? you lost a wonderful human being. <clears throat> somebody who has made an impact in Hollywood and professional wrestling more than people ever know. Because I heard somebody say that, hey, if Zeus was around today, they would be working on trying to make a prequel to Zeus. Like a prequel to No Holds Bar about the story of Zeus. Yeah, <clears throat> and, that was uh, 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 a uh, origin story, yeah. An origin story <clears throat> of, some, of some some kind. So I could, I could definitely see that happen. So he has his place in wrestling, and he has his place <clears throat> in Hollywood. And by the way, when remember, uh, do you still uh, read um, PWI? Uh, from time to time, yeah. I, I just bought the new magazine. So, 
Uh, fun fact: In 1991, I think it was, he when, when PWI was first, you know, listen to top 500 wrestlers. Mm-hmm. He was ranked at number 500. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Fun fact. So yeah. That's, so ho- ho- Hogan, you know, I, I ho- hope you're doing all right over there, brother. Because I hope you can finally turn turn the light on and come downstairs and come live. Like, you know, what I'm saying I wonder if you gonna go to the funeral. Oh, but you can't really. <laughs> you, you you really can't. So uh, what do you have? Uh, <laughs> just real quick. Yeah. Did you see the video when he was on Arsenio Hall? <laughs> Zeus Hogan or Warrior? Zeus. Oh, my, uh, so is he, he's, he's on there as Zeus, right? Yes. I did not see that. You go down the wormhole, aren't like, you? No, I, I remember seeing it. Because um, uh-huh. I just thought it was Zeus and I, and I seen Arsenio Hall. But I remember he was on there because like, um, this is the time when they had a stay in character, kind of. Yeah. That's the, you know, when Warrior came on there, he had the crazy. Uh-huh. Zeus came in there. Well, for one, he he was uh, I think he was talking to Elizabeth or somebody. He was talking to first, uh-huh. and then Arsenio said something, and then he came out there basically just to intimidate. He came out there looking strong, just to pose, basically. Uh-huh. And Arsenio was just like ah, but it still was a funny moment because he was thinking like he was like really like. <laughs> Really intimidated like the Ultimate Warrior one. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, bro. His Ultimate Warrior, he was like, this man is out of his mind. Because it, it, it was Hogan, Macho Man, Ultimate Warrior, and... And Rick Rude. And Rick... Uh, they was all, all on Arsenio. Was Aren't you ever on, on Arsenio Hall? Nah. Mm. Uh, okay. Well, I, remember, I remember Rick Rude was on there with uh, Bobby Heenan. Oh, okay. A couple times. Macho Man was on there a couple times. Hogan was on there when he lied on TV. Oh. <laughs> Wait, what's new? What no, nah, he this one. He this one. He really lied. I I did not take any steroids. Then the next day, I'm, I'm guilty of taking these steroids. Like, <laughs> <laughs> all right, this just turned into a Hogan burial, <laughs> uh, Bruh, I'm sorry. You had me going. The two things you had me going with was when he said he needed a couple. <laughs> he needed a couple days. And when you said what he should have said back was say it loud. Dude, that say it loud took me over the edge. Speaking of over the edge, though. um, Where you going with this? I I, I, I was trying to find a way to filter in edge and stuff like that. Uh, Oh, okay. Uh, Over the edge had another. So, we got word of what Vince McMahon's plans are for WrestleMania 37. Have you Shocker. heard any of the same ones as WrestleMania 35, 36? Yeah, bruh. He, Vince McMahon's trying to recreate this just WrestleMania thing and, and let me tell you something. <clears throat> they still have Edge and Orton again. They are, they, they're still trying to do McIntyre and Brock, but this time they want to try to add Keith Lee in there. And then the the one that we gotta talk about because this comes from a, a fan myself. We're talking about Goldberg versus Roman Reigns. You can say this all you want. That's not a money match for me. <clears throat> you think I was? You think I'm gonna sit there and say this is, this is a money match? 
Last time you said, yeah, it's Spear versus Spear. Spear, it's not going to be a good match, but it still can draw attention. Yeah, but that is before Tribal Chief, head of the table, Roman Reigns. That was Babyface is corny, Roman Reigns against Goldberg. Because he, Roman, and it wasn't for, it, it, it was, it was Roman going to the championship of Goldberg. Not Goldberg trying to take the championship off this tribal chief Roman Reigns. That's stupid. First of all, they never did Goldberg versus Reigns before, but since they couldn't do it, like that match would have been something different last year. Not this year. Not this Roman Reigns. Not on these circumstances. Not on these terms. Especially when... You already know that the match is not going to be that long in the first place. Mm-hmm. The, the match is not going to be like I, I did say last year that it could be uh, kind of a draw of the spear versus spear, but they didn't need the uh, championship. I didn't like him taking the championship from the fiend. He didn't need to take the championship. He definitely, he definitely, he ain't ruined the fiend, but I definitely took he took a step back. He took, took a step back from doing that to the fiend, but after several hours, nearly killed him. You know what I'm saying? And held himself, but anyway, that's either here or there. But what I'm saying is that at that time, the spirit versus spirit thing, I, I didn't mind the situation. But now there is other opponents for Roman Reigns to be dealt at WrestleMania. That this makes absolutely no sense to me whatsoever. This is this to me is is tone deaf. So Goldberg was on the phone. Uh huh. Goldberg coming back in general just don't make sense to me. Like, like, because he don't, he don't, when he come back, he don't, he don't do it like how some people do where they're, they're getting into a meaningful feud. They can at least build something up. He want to come back and, and instantly be inserted into the championship match. That's, that's just what I don't like. Well, because Goldberg, once again, is living off 98 Goldberg. He's not 98 Goldberg. Once again, everybody, I want everybody to understand, this is coming from a Goldberg fan. I am a Goldberg fan. Goldberg is in my top five favorite wrestlers of all time. But this is just not the way to go. Because I, after one point, am tired of seeing Goldberg. Yes, especially when just, you know, just a lot of your favorite people. They gotta fight the champion like thirty times before even getting a shot. Just because he said he won a shot, he get it and then wins it since the last couple times. But see, the the, the thing about Goldberg is like once again, I don't understand how WWE used the legend because they keep trying to bring back nostalgia. Is that first of all, I don't even Goldberg went from having like to meet Goldberg back in the day was somebody who could not complete. Uh, like could not string together a wrestling match. He could not die. He just had to. He was he wrestled like a video game. You would just do big move after big move after big move after you did all that. You build up your your signature and your finisher. You lay that out. You win the match. That's what Goldberg was. But then as he got older, he really wanted just two moves: the spear and the jackhammer. And for the past couple of times, for the past couple of people. He hasn't got anybody up on a jacket. He damn near can, uh, broke their ticket's neck. He uh, damn near uh, flipped him all his own stuff over when it came to Rusev. The only uh, person that he was able to jackhammer that looked pretty was Dolph Ziggler at WrestleMania. I mean, at SummerSlam because Dolph Ziggler is light. 
Uh, Goldberg, I don't even think he, he he couldn't even get the Fiend up for a jackhammer. Well, I mean, the Fiend is. Yeah, but see, the thing is, Goldberg lifted up the giant in a jackhammer. Yeah, yeah, that was over twenty years at that point. Exactly. So if he is not getting the Fiend yeah, up, he, he's not getting went, he's he, not getting Roman up in no jackhammer. You know, he wanted to go pick up Braun in the jackhammer last year. He's. Which would just be crazy because he 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 would have killed Braun if he if if he had got him up uh, in the jackhammer. So he was Goldberg was on the bump talking about uh, that Roman Reigns came in, stole his move. He he uh, backed out of our match at WrestleMania uh, uh, last year, and um, he said that you know even though I'm older and I'm slower, but I'm still Goldberg. And he basically called him out on the bump as if this thing could be a legit WrestleMania match. And it don't need to be. If I'm wrong, I'll be like, all right, whatever. Ro- Ro- if, if, if honestly, the, the, what the thing is, I mean, Roman deserves better opponents, especially with this tribal chief thing going on. Because first of all, you know what they're doing. They're trying to save him for The Rock, but The Rock, you, The Rock said he'll be open to doing it in L.A. because we know WrestleMania 37 is supposed to be in L.A., but it's not going to be in L.A. because they're going back to Tampa, uh-huh. and so, and so they're going to have where they were supposed to have it last year, or what, this this past year, ha- have it um, in Tampa, and they're going to have some kind of fans there. It's going to be like AEW. It's probably going to be spread out. So you gotta see if you be able to get your WrestleMania ticket, but it's probably going. How, how many fans? AEW does, does like a thousand fans, right? Yeah, a thousand, probably less. Well, no, probably a thousand. A thousand. Okay, so most likely, uh, it's the Raymond James Stadium, right? Well, yeah. at the moment, they're probably gonna have it in the um the baseball stadium where they at now. So with it even being an outdoor arena, and even with it, uh, you know, being the baseball field, like you just said, I still, you know, there's still no appeal for the Roman Reigns Goldberg type thing, especially when Daniel Bryan is on the table. Especially yeah. when uh, you even had up that Big E on the table. But here's the thing: Big E was never. Did you hear? He was never even in talks of facing. Uh, Roman Reigns, and a lot of fans uh, make sense. Say what? Makes sense. I mean, I was kind of hoping Big E get pushed, you know, uh, a lot to, to to go on to maybe take on Roman Reigns at the Rumble, or you because know, the, the way they was selling it to me was that that he Look, was gonna get. This, I'm, I'm just I wasn't saying. thinking that much into it when they said they was gonna push Roman Reigns. Roman or Big E? I mean, push, push, push Big E, my bad. Uh-huh. Because, you know, I don't, I just, I don't let this seem like, every time you see, they adamantly, they adamantly say, we're going to give you a push, meaning that they're not going to give them a push. They say it on air, like, yeah, we're going to, we're going to break off, you're going to go by yourself, and you're going to do these big things, and. Yeah. Well, um, I would, the way Reigns is at the head of the table, the way that, like, the storyline is doing it, it's looking like they're trying to see if they can hold out for The Rock. And like I said, The Rock is not going to come back at, until WrestleMania 37, which is in Hollywood. And that's hopefully when we have a, a, a set group of fans that's in there for 2022. Yeah, that's, that's, so that's 38, 
Yeah, yeah, that, that is thirty-eight. So they I think they're planning on keeping this because whoever they feed to Roman Reigns at WrestleMania, Roman's going to beat them. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. We thought the Fiend was white hot and Goldberg beat him. So, well, we all know. First of all, that that was at Saudi Arabia. That wasn't at WrestleMania, and. Even but the fiend is not Vince's guy. Roman is Vince's guy, and if, if you put Daniel Bryan situation, Daniel Bryan will give you a great match because he's he's the ultimate babyface. Goldberg's not a ba- as much as Goldberg may, may want to think he is. Goldberg's not a babyface to us. Goldberg's a babyface to my son and the kids out there. But once again, the kids out there, I don't know who. I don't know if anybody truly hates Roman. You know what I'm saying? I mean, the character is a heel, but uh, ain't nobody want to see Goldberg dethrone at the head of the table. Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. Roman really, with, with the way Roman should be doing, he should squash Goldberg. Like, Strowman squashed Goldberg at WrestleMania. The reason why nobody really cared, other than it being Goldberg, was that there was definitely no, it was, there was no heat to Braun Strowman win a championship. And then once again, when he won a championship, his shit went cold anyway. So, yeah, I, I just they need to look in a different direction. So, well, did did you happen to see the talking smack thing with Paul Heyman and Biggie? I saw like highlights of it. Well, Biggie was on there, you know, preaching the gospel and stuff like that, and then talking. About, I'm not gonna let people get to me. And then Paul Heyman gave him all the praises in the world and was, you know, really showering him him with the praises. But then he stops and says, and you know, he says, you have to know that you're going to accept that the the New Day is a footnote in the success of Big E. And all the stuff that you're going to accomplish, or that you want to accomplish that, that uh, you are the muscle behind New Day, they are going to be the footnote. And he said, let me ask you a question, which is a rhetorical one. When you hear Roman Reigns or Roman Reigns stands in that ring, do you, do you ever hear once about the Shield? And so it left Big E speechless, and it was it, it was a good way for Heyman to get Big E over and to help Big E. I think you know get to that next step because I do think Big E needs to challenge for a singles championship. I do think Big E. Needs to go to the Royal Rumble. I do think Biggie, like Biggie, needs to have more of a prominent role on SmackDown, especially if they're gonna break him up from the New Day. I see the New Day every single week, and the New Day, Kofi had his time. Kofi had his chance to shine. But if if you're looking at any kind of championship material, you know Vince would love to put a championship on Biggie because the way he looks. I mean. They done broke up so many tags team this year and they do nothing with them. I honestly would be surprised if they did something like put them, put, put a championship on them. Well, here's the thing. Look, you also got to understand Vince broke up so many tag teams, but once again, um, Vince is, he plays favoritism and you know that he loves the new day. First of all, if he ain't love the new day, there's no way Xavier Woods gets that G4 job and Selena Vega gets fired for the stuff she does. That's favoritism. As much as I love seeing black people win and seeing a black man win and, and the, the, the day being successful in this business, 
it's still favoritism. It must be some behind the, the under the table stuff going on. Say what? I say it must be some under the stuff, under the table stuff going on. And, I mean, but yeah, but it, I mean, it, it's it, it's some some little shit that look. If Selena Vega can't have, first of all, if, if these people can't have their own social media stuff, I don't. Is up up down down done? No, that's what I'm saying. It must be some under the table because um, up up down down is is still going. He's still kind of streaming and whatnot. But some people can't, so I don't know if he was like if they were going to band together and so so. Vince probably gave them a deal. I don't know. That's what I'm I'm saying. It's it's and like I said, as much as I love seeing black folks win, it's favoritism and it's not fair. It's not fair that Xavier Woods gets to keep all this stuff. And they all don't, but, it, but that's not even the other point. They're on. Well, honestly, I think to another point too is how you know how WWE um, was like we gotta we gotta basically split the profits and all that. Yeah, I think they was already splitting the profits anyway from up up down down and stuff anyway. So I think they was already getting money from it. So they did. They probably don't care. Okay. It's like every time he streams, every time up up down down is mentioned, they probably got half a stake in it or something. I don't know. I mean, it, it probably has to be because it's a up, up, down, down shirts and their championship on WWE shop. They've had up, up, down, down gear. They mention it all the time and stuff. So. Yeah, so you know, so you know, you are probably right about that. They probably do get probably a part of the profits or something like that. It would make sense. It probably makes sense, but yeah, that's, that's, that's probably what happens. Um, but neither here or there. The new day is on there every single week. On Raw and SmackDown, I mean, on, on Raw, but Biggie barely gets shine on SmackDown, and I'm like, since he's going to be the, the new singles guy, he needs to do have the Kofi run, but have it ten times better. Like if you, you if you have a tribal chief Roman Reigns, and imagine booking a serious, calculated fan favorite in Big E, then bruh, you can have yourself a damn good story. Going into WrestleMania, yeah. Well, um, I guess it's, I guess for me it's more like a, I'll believe it when I see it type of thing. I mean, but anything obviously, it already is. I believe I can see it, but still, I mean, to to, to make the conversation, you know, that, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I, I thought what Paul Heyman was saying to Big E on Talking Smack was, uh, I think this was the, the, the turning curve that he needs. I think that that was the motivation that he needs, the words that he needed to hear. And it was good that, you know, Paul Heyman, you know, put him over like that. Because everything he said was true. Everything, everything Paul Heyman said was true. Like Paul Heyman knows, knows how to put somebody over, okay? Despite a lot of things about Paul Heyman, especially AJ Styles, I don't like him. Paul Heyman knows how to put people over. So, this right here, have big that same thing. If he comes out, you know, with the more, you know, like, head on my shoulders... I'm going to beat Sami Zayn because he almost Sami Zayn cheated to beat Big E on SmackDown. If you saw, he won by countout. Mm-hmm. And Big E was basically talking smack, telling him it is what it is. Like, no, it's not. It is what it is. You go out there, stop that son of a bitch from from being a chicken shit heel and running and cheating, and you take that championship away from him. But that ain't the championship you want. The championship you want is the one that Roman got. Now, obviously, he's not going to go. Tell Biggie to go get go get that championship, especially when Roman's a thing. And Biggie needs to be built up a lot more before he even gets in there with Roman. But what I'm just saying is, and it may not even be time enough for WrestleMania. Because first of all, Vince, I, 
I'm not into the whole rock idea. I mean, I mean, it makes sense for this storyline. I mean, it makes sense for 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 the storyline. But to hold out for it, I don't think they should. Because once again, like I said, I know the Rock's in shape, but once again, the Rock may not be in ring shape. And then I don't know what Vince think the Rock gonna be doing because the Rock is gonna be busy with the XFL next year. Mm-hmm. So to, with the Rock being busy with the XFL and his movies, especially. If the movie theaters are going to open back up, vaccines are coming out, and he's going to be going back to acting, he's not going to have the schedule, let alone the commitments to even be doing this stuff, kind of like, uh, to be doing this kind of stuff. And once again, it's like, what? Well, so, you, so you want The Rock to come in at a job to Roman? Because what's the point of putting the championship back on The Rock? <laughs> Just like they did in uh, that one year. Yeah. It's like there was no point of even putting the championship. On the rock, so you like, so you you have him come back to John the Roman to show him that he's a true head of the table. You you need to build up a strong enough babyface to come out and be able to challenge Roman for that championship. And once again, they created Kofi Mania in a month. It, but once again, you you have fans to back that Kofi Mania stuff. Because remember, they put him in in, in the gauntlet match, and the, he just ended up lasting a long time. Took Mustafa Ali's spot, and then Kofi Mania thing was born. Yeah, I'm not. It's not too late for Big E right now, but right now Goldberg is not the answer for at WrestleMania. It ain't, but that's what Vince think is what's gonna put money in his pocket. But whatever. Well, Vince knows what put money in his pocket is The Rock, but uh, Vince is not going. He, he, he's not going to want to uh, climb that tree anyway. So that's neither here nor there. I'm going to take a break on Vince before I, I really getting his ass. So I'm going to jump over to, uh, you know, and you know what? I hope you get, uh, instead of you being nonchalant, I hope you getting his ass with me because I'm going to come back to the Keith Lee thing. All right. You come back to it. I just know. I'm just, I'm just, I don't know. I guess Vince is just, I don't know. I guess I'm uh, getting to a, a, a grumpy old, old guy. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. Well, before I do that, I want to talk about your boy, Jim Ross. So, Jim Ross, old school guy, old school wrestling guy, he made some criticizing remarks about the place he works at, AEW, and some of the AEW wrestlers backstage are not happy with his comments. So okay, so I didn't hear anything about this. So this is completely new news. Okay, so this is what Jim Ross said on his podcast, and then we, we, we're going to give our opinions on it because I know we're both going to have them. Like, it's like an asshole, everybody has one. But um, but before I get in, it says such some promoters in AEW aren't aren't terribly happy with Jim Ross right now. While it's not likely they'll ever disrespect the legendary announcer, a number of AEW talents have suggested they aren't going to be as eager to take his advice moving forward. So, um, this is what uh, he said about AEW. I told a kid the other day that at AEW that everybody does the same fucking spot. And it has fucking like bleeped out. All you guys... uh, 
all you guys go outside, you cluster up like coils, you stand there in a huddle, friend and foe together, side by side, so you can catch some leaping idiot going over the top who never wins uh, with this move. They are looking for the holy shit chance. They love to hear this. All uh, this is awesome. It's a spot, folks. It's a trapeze act. I don't buy into that. The DET is a great finish, and it should and and should be used as such. Okay. So we know that you have had your um, you know your your, your issues with uh. With, with, with Jim Ross, but hold on. One wrestler who has not been named has made this comment too. One wrestler said, "Everyone is doing what they have been taught." They added, "I agree that sometimes things need to be slowed down, but that won't happen when the guy who is supposed to help put us over is going out there and public, uh, publicly burying us." Yeah, that too. Okay, so what do you think? I, I, I'm gonna get your opinion first. Okay, well, I do think some of what he said is right. Aside from calling, he didn't have to call them idiots or nothing like that. But <laughs> them leaving some bitches. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, I, I do think every match you gotta have a power spot. I do think that's too much. Um, but yeah, I, mean, I agree with that part. I don't like the. Every match you gotta jump out of every match you gotta gotta do that, look for the chance every match. The DDT is good, but it's so overused that if using it as a finisher to this day won't work. Just like a clothesline. Mm-hmm. You know. Because uh, they do so much stuff and then like a buckshot Larry instant match. I don't you know, stuff like that. Yeah. But um Yeah, but he does bury people on commentary as well, though. He he does do that, and that's his job to get him over like for example, Darby Allen. Darby Allen goes up for the coffin drop. He's always, "What are you doing? And why are you why are you going up for your for the coffin drop?" And you know stuff like that. A lot of stuff people do. He asks, "What are they doing this for?" And oh, you're like completely. He hates when Ortiz does that back rake because he cannot but, stand the back rake. Yeah, but still, like he he still has a commentary. Even if you hate it in real life, you're still supposed to act like what they're doing is effective. Mm-hmm. You know, he's just, oh, he's just, this is, what are you doing? This is not, this is not good. Why are you doing this? This makes no sense for him to go up there or, you know, you know, but, I don't know, but he, he does bury people, the talent on commentary as far as them trying to get over with a move or something. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that, that is detrimental to the character sometimes, but JR on commentary in general, like I said in the beginning, I didn't think he should have been on commentary in the first place. In AEW, but you know, all right. Here's the one. What is the one thing I say every time we do a wrestling review, pay per view review, Raw SmackDown podcast? What do I say? I say. Okay, okay. No, no, it does depend. But I'm talking about something. What is the one spot I hate? The pile up spot. I hate the pile up spot. I always say I hate the pile up spot. I hate that spot. That spot is dumb. Get it out of it. I hate it. I know the people who out there who like it. I can't stand it. I don't like it, but I, if it's one or two people, then it's, I think for me it's fine. Like, if it's like a tag team. 
then it's fine. But when they have like eighteen people or like the whole match, basically, I don't, I don't like it that way. And you know, once again, I'm a fan of all kinds of wrestling, and I, I you know, so I come from a little bit of the, I like the old school wrestling also. But here's the thing. I don't have a problem with what Jim Ross said. I mean, there there is ways to say it, obviously, but he comes from the old school where it's like, you know, you go out there, you be blunt about what the shit you're trying to say, and people may get, you know, upset by that. But I do think that wrestling these days have taken an approach where it's all about trying to get the holy shit chance or trying to get the this is awesome chance because there is no different dimensions to wrestling. And we talked about this on a podcast before, I'm trying to remember which one it was. Because remember, we was coming at Dexter Loomis for trying to act like he's Ricochet. Yeah, trying. And, yeah, and okay. I and then he ended up injuring his ankle, and then so yeah, you know Jim Rawls or Jim Cornette is going to call that dude a, a flipping idiot because why the fuck would you do that? And once again, that that that's the problem. Everybody feels as though that like. I like the big men of wrestling. And there's no more big men that do big men stuff anymore. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I'm not saying that they can't do it, but it's not necessary that they do it unless maybe it's a big match scenario. Like, okay, the perfect example I can think of is Undertaker, right? Mm-hmm. Where the Undertaker did big, he is a great wrestler, and he did his moves that he was supposed to do, but come at WrestleMania, it was the only time he he leaped over the ropes. Or if it was a big time match, such as Stone Cold uh, at SummerSlam 1998 when he did the leg drop off the top rope Uh to the announce table, or when it was the Inferno, the first Inferno match and he leaped over there to get out from the fire between uh, Kane and Vader, that's understandable, but Undertaker doesn't do that every single match. Yeah. And then what happens is now you got these big guys that's taking these these bumps from the little guy. Now, when Ricochet and Cedric Alexander leap over the ropes, it looks pretty. It looks fun to watch. It when Mustafa Ali leaps over the ropes, the things it's great to look at. But when Damian Priest is doing it, when Dexter Loomis is doing it. When these when QT Marshall can do it and he's barely clearing the top rope, that shows that that's not a move that you need to do. Even though you are you are capable of doing that, you do not need to do that move because it gets redundant. And there is times in AEW where they repeat the same spot over and over again in every single matchup, and I'm like, okay, there's no. A lot of times in wrestling, the characters have no originality to their moves to, to support their character because everybody is doing the same old thing. That's why when we when we was doing the Undertaker thing, one of the most interesting matches was Undertaker versus Rey Mysterio because it was two different styles of uh, fighting, and to see Mysterio cross up the Undertaker in those kind of ways was awesome to do. Was awesome to see, and, and or, or or remember Undertaker versus Jeff Hardy in the ladder match, right? Yep. Yeah, and how good that match was because Jeff Hardy is the the high flyer who's going to put his body on the line for the ladders, and Undertaker has never been at that time, never been in that kind of environment before, and 
and he was still doing his big man stuff, and Jeff Hardy was doing his stuff, but it complemented each other in the match. Now imagine if Undertaker did everything that Jeff Hardy did. Yeah, that wouldn't be. It wouldn't be great. It would even Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar, because look, people want to get on Brock Lesnar now. A lot of times we're just doing Suplex City, but Brock, though, for his age, you know, it worked for him. But even if but Brock is a great wrestler, and if you look at Brock in two thousand three and in two thousand two. Like he pulled that mo- that shooting star press out at um, WrestleMania, almost con- con- concussed himself. If you guys look back at the OVW tapes, he he cleans that uh, that shooting star press. Yeah, he's finishing. Exactly, but th- he was like, "You're a big guy. You don't need to be doing shit like that." Braun Strowman, uh, you know, doing a drop like a drop kick. Okay, that's fine. But the thing is, Brock uh, Braun Strowman, you can't get up high enough for that. And uh that is one thing that that does kill the business a lot of times because then now when the big guy starts doing the, the, the stuff the little guy does, there's nothing for the, the little guy to do to get over. I don't want I don't I don't want to see two big guys have a cruiserweight match. This is the way it is. Sometimes sometimes I think they just want to say like we can do it too. Just because we big, but sometimes it, it gets redundant, and I just—it's just sometimes it's too much. Sometimes it's just like you don't even need to do that. It's just a regular match. Yeah. But especially in AEW, they do do the pile up spot a lot. The, the, the they do the, they do the, the pile up spot a lot. The, first of all, when Pete when Petey Williams was doing the Canadian Destroyer, that was one of the most awesomest moves I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. It's I see it so much now. I don't even get excited for it anymore. And the, and the, and the thing is yeah. now, back in the day, nobody kicked out of the Canadian Destroyer. But now, since it took this is the Destroyer, I've seen Pat McAvee kick out of the Destroyer. Yeah, Pat right. McAvee. They even have was it Ricky Bobby and all them from um. Was it Midnight Express doing uh, destroy? Oh, Ricky Moore. Ricky, Ricky Moore, yeah. Doing destroy. Why he's six something years old? Why is he doing a destroyer? Because, because he wants to show you that he can do it. But that's the thing. But you, you're showing you're showing us like, hey, <coughs> this old guy can do it. But you're taking you're taking the the, the mystique away from the young, from from the little small guy. So now when, when Jr. is talking about because. Every time I see Jr. on commentary, first I'm like, he's disconnected because AEW is obviously like, AEW is what I would call a professional indie wrestling promotion. Basically, that's what it is. Oh, <clears throat> that 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 misses WCW. You gotta add that to it. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it gets some spray bottles of WCW in there, but that's what AEW is. It's like it's like the indies have gone professional, and we're, and we're showing the kind of wrestling that we do. On, on a big on a big scale for everybody to see on national television, and Jr. has a, a a tough time adapting to that because there is no such thing as a the only finisher that's in AEW that's protected is the one wing angel. Yeah, because I, I do hate um when they do kick out a lot, and I do hate like even though this is shouldn't be an issue, I do hate when they do like a not a jobber per se, but like somebody that's kind of low. On a breaking pole versus a main eventer, and the match take like ten minutes. Of them just like going back and forth, like a hard fought match. 
it, 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 it doesn't even need to be there. Sometimes it's like, you got to destroy people. Have a, why does Cody have a hard time beating Sonny Kiss? Like, why is he barely defeating Sonny Kiss? Stuff like that. Whereas, Cody. now, remember when Omega went in there and the match started, he just V-triggered Sonny Kiss and, and one-wing Angel, the match was done. He was like, it's over. He's yeah, on that's my level. more believable. It's like, they don't build up Sonny Kiss. But yeah, in this match, we're supposed to believe that Sonny Kiss can, like, is destroying Cody. I just hate, like, that every time they do a match like that, it gotta go down to the wire or down to the, they gotta be like a, uh, you know, kick out city with this person that we don't even know what they finisher is. So, most of the time. Yeah. Now, I do agree now, if, if the, if the superstar is saying, look, we can't get over, cause JR is not putting us over on commentary, I can understand that. I'm like, okay, you gotta do your best to try to put whatever star is in the ring over as a serious threat. But these stars also got to understand that we have to also go back to a style of wrestling where it's okay to be the big guy. It's okay to be the hardcore guy. It's okay to be the high flyer. It's okay to be the technician. Okay, so it's okay to be all those kind of wrestlers. But if you look at them, a lot of wrestlers are starting to, to turn into the same person. And, and that, that doesn't make it fun anymore it doesn't make it they don't it doesn't make interesting storylines it doesn't make like okay i know that uh let's do it this way um what was his name who got fired or who who had got fired early from AEW? um jimmy havoc mm-hmm. he's a hardcore guy uh yeah very much <laughs> yeah that, that guy is not a wrestler he's a hardcore guy mm-hmm. now you already know, okay, a match with him and Mick Foley or Moxley or, or better yet, even um, uh, God, what's um, Eddie Kingston. It's going to be like a, a bloodbath of just them going at it. But then you have the high flyers, you know, the Ray Phoenixes of the world. Okay, so when those two get in the ring, I, I'm curious to see how these styles are going to clash. I would love to see Ray Phoenix like do a dive right into a staple gun right in his eye because that's how Jimmy Havoc knows how to counter that. That makes stuff interesting to me. Not that Ray Phoenix jumps up high and Jimmy Havoc does jumps up in the air too and does a, like a hurricane run in mid air on Ray Phoenix. That's not impressive to me because that's not what Jimmy Havoc would do. Or when it comes to. Like, the technician, when it comes to, like, people that you don't like, such as Zack Sabre Jr. or Timothy Thatcher, those are technicians. They are about grappling. They are about submissions. They are about out-wrestling you. And you go up against somebody like a Moxie, who's a brawler, or Ciampa, even, who's a brawler. So when their styles come, sometimes the match can be boring to some people, or sometimes the match can be, like, unique because there's two different styles meshing together. I don't want... These all these guys trying to do this, the the, uh, the same thing, and I have to agree with him. That power spot is annoying to me because WWE does it. Remember that one time I said every match had a fucking stage spot <clears throat> to the point. You said which one? I think it was it was two AWs ago, um, where I forgot it was one of the Wednesday night wars we, we we did. It wasn't a special AEW show, or was it? But um. It wasn't Winter is Coming. It was something else. And they did, in every match, a spot on the level stage. Mm-hmm. 
And I was like, that stage is getting more over than any of the matches to the point where it's not even it's not even cool to see it anymore. It's not even cool to see it. It's like, and every time I see a Cody match, I'm like, he going to the stage to get shoulder back toss or whatever the case may be. And it's like, everybody is trying to be the same. Dustin Rose is trying to, I'm, this man it was the natural. I'm like, there's no reason why Dustin Rose, even though he can, should be doing Destroyers. I'm telling you, they, some people do it just to say that I can do it. Like, they have no, like, um, Luchasaurus has no business jumping off the top rope, but he does. <sighs> But you know, Luchasaurus is another good one that honestly he could be good. But okay, I understand why they call him Luchasaurus because of the, the moves that he does. But once again, I'm like, but then you got Warlow doing like you, you have him and Warlow going at it, and Warlow is sitting there doing a hurricane run. I'm like, why is he doing a running? This big guy is running and doing a hurricane run. And don't get me wrong, Keith Lee is not forgiven for this neither. But the difference between Keith Lee is Keith Lee was the first guy to mix like big man stuff with high flying stuff. Also, Keith Lee's style, he doesn't do it every match. So when he does it, it's spectacular. Why these people, they, they do it every time they're on the screen almost. It, it, exactly. Like big, like if big, if Keith Lee's in a big match, he'll pipe out the second rope moonsault. Or, or the or, springboard from the top to the outside or something. Exactly. You know, if it's if it's a big kind of match, and, but um, but Keith Lee, he's a he's a heavy guy, or, or or he may he may bring out that spin kick that he does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm just like you know he's he's a big guy who it's impressive that he can do these things, but he doesn't need to do it to get over. He don't. And 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 just uh, <clears throat> if I and like I said, everybody now dies to. Uh, through the ropes, they like they take these moves and they kill them, and like you just said, it's hard for anybody to do a DDT. Like now, people have to put their own stink on different DDTs just for them to get on. Like such as the um the paradigm shift, such yeah. as uh the French kiss, such That's as saying, or spike them. They have to spike them. To yeah, make or, it look exactly. Like it's, it's spike them to, so do that. I'm sorry, you you gonna hate this. The young bucks killed the super kick. Well, yeah, that's like their character. Yeah, <laughs> like, it was literally a part of their character, as in like doing it so much. Even in, in the matches where they do it, and they, the people to be on their knees and they do it like five or six times in a row. Yeah, each. So yeah, and because they they have a new book I call "Destroying the Business." I'm like, yep, mm-hmm. <laughs> because of what they did, they destroyed it. What the with them and they merch sales and just basically done whatever they wanted. You're right. But I still was like, they just, they single-handedly killed the super kick. And I'm like, so now, and then now everybody does a super kick. And I'm like, my God. So just like, when Sean does it, why is that effective? Kevin Owens been doing that. Well, it's the probably the way that Sean kicks or maybe it's the cowboy boot that he has on. That makes no fucking sense. Well, you got to try to make some kind of kick for you by that sometimes. You know, those, like those, I always say, why do you come back when you get bounced off the ropes? Well, in what move you talk about? Irish whip. 
Uh, I mean, the Raptors don't bother me. They've been doing that for I'm saying, with any, with any people talk about k thing, I always say, why do you come back when you get Irish whipped to the ropes? Just, it's just, that's just what happens. So, when they try to make up a, make up a kayfabe reason of why Shawn Michaels finishes a super kick and why this person's is just a move, it's just, they're gonna make some kind of connection to it. I mean, I, I, I guess, but I agree with you, what JR said. I'm sorry, cause, that, that kind of, I mean, once again, I know it can be wrestling that pe- people like today because it's like action-packed, it's high-octane, it's 100 miles per hour, it's right there in your face, but I'm like, but it's it's dead when everybody does the same thing. I went to, a, that's why I like Ring of Honor a lot because I was like, I went to Ring of Honor shows, I'm just like, it's the same shit. I've seen five back-to-back matches with the same shit. I seen one guy who was a big guy who dove over the top ropes, and I, I cringe when I watch, and guess what? He bust the back of his head open. That sound like PCO. And I'm like, why the fuck would you do that in the first place? Because you, you wanted that holy shit, this is awesome chant, but you busted the back of your head open. Everybody was waiting for you in that possible to try to catch you because they have to because you're fucking heavy, and they got to make sure you don't hurt yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, from doing that, I'm like, no, man, that shit, that shit is dumb. I just, I hate it. I hate it when WWE does it. I hate it when AEW. I just hate. I just do not like it. And it's, All right, well, right. and, and I, I do think that in wrestling in general, they have to try to find a way to get to get better with that. You know, what I'm saying like, like it's kind of like um. If somebody got drafted in the NBA and they were an old school center, they was like, the paint is my game. Uh-huh. Now, if they're in a close game, if we're in the, trying to get to the playoffs or the championship to the point where it's just like, all right, let me shoot this three or get get the mid-range going because I, I can and I make the three. And I was like, oh, my God, that was unbelievable. It's like, yeah, I can do it. But my game is in the paint because if I got five guys that can shoot threes, I mean four guys that can shoot threes, then why am I out there around around uh, the arc also when there's nobody near the rebound? Mm-hmm. Yep. Which we have problems with that with you know Philly, Milwaukee, you know all those kind of things that everybody got these stretch big men, but ain't nobody down in the rebound. To put the ball uh, it's back a lot in. Of, it's a lot of different things from different different um, situations. Exactly. Speaking of situations, so now we can we can double back because I just wanted to talk about Keith Lee real quick on, on uh, the AEW part because this, this right here blew my mind. So it is reported that Vince Man threw a fit. Do a fit, which new, in regards to a work of various big men. Okay, the individuals were mandated to undergo two training classes per week at the performance center, which will be will be taught by Drew Gulak and Adam Pierce. Now. I didn't know that part. I didn't look all the way into it. Really? Okay, yeah, so... 
uh, did this report, did, these are the names that they disclosed of some of the big guys that's going down there to the PC or the Capitol Wrestling Center, whatever you want to call it. It's uh, Otis, Dabakato. Okay, D- those two kind of make sense. Mace. Deal, man. Okay, makes sense. Almost. AJ Styles, bodyguard from almost. And then Keith that Lee. That makes sense. That one don't make sense. Now, right. the first thing I heard, the first thing I, I said when I heard this was, so where's Nia Jax? Yeah. That's the first thing I said when I read this article. I said, so where's Nia Jax? Because she has a history of injuring. Where is Nia Jax? Fine. So now I, I go over to, I'm like, so wait a minute. This is all Vincent Man's fault. So you mean to tell me it took you till December to figure out that Otis is not a singles guy? You mean to tell me when Otis was in a tag team with Heavy Machinery, with Tucker, who's the better worker, and Otis was just a hot tag wrestler? It it, it, it took you to December to find out that Otis could not do this by himself? Are you kidding me? Because, first of all, just because what what exactly happened? Vince got hot on Otis. What did he? He gave Otis the money in the bank. He yeah, gave him all, the yeah. money in the bank. He gave him one of the hottest women on the roster. That whole storyline for Otis. Going into WrestleMania, he gave Otis his own singles match at WrestleMania. He gave Otis the hottest, and I mean, and I'm talking about, he ain't just pecked this girl, he tongued this girl down, okay? Gave this, uh, gave him one of the hottest women on the roster out of nowhere because the last thing before Mandy Rose got a crush on Otis she was trying to seduce Jimmy Uso remember that? Yeah I remember that Okay, so was beaten up Exactly and next thing, next thing you know I got a crush on Otis like what the hell happened? Okay so uh, with that being said uh, I'm like okay but it took you to December to figure it out because you just left Tucker in the wind you broke him you, you broke him up and they didn't have a proper blow off at all and then now you took the money to make away from Otis, and now you're like, he needs work. No shit. No fucking shit. Okay, so then we talk about Dabakato, right? Mm-hmm. Who the fuck cares? Yeah, I didn't even think he should have been. Uh, he should have still been there. Like, I didn't even think they should have brought him up at all. Dabakato was a raw underground guy. He was doing for Raw Underground. By the way, it ended. So then there's no Raw Underground, so they drafted him to Raw. Why? Because Vince was like, I'm hot on Dabakato because, hey, he did decent in Raw Underground, even though Dabakato is not that much of a worker. So you just brought him up from NXT when he wasn't nowhere near ready. And then what the fuck happens? I'll tell you what happens. They don't even use him. He's like, well, you know what? This man needs to know how to do his forward roles. 
No shit. No shit at all. So so then then it then comes to Dio Madden, Mace. So y'all F five him off TV literally, and he goes down to NXT, and then they bring him up for this Retribution group, which sucks by the way, and. They they haven't been made. Now, once again, I've seen some of the things that he did in the ring. He he was in eight man tag team matches. He bad, but he. But made, I know he wasn't ready to be on the main roster. He wasn't even ready to be on NXT. So like exactly. So they just brought him up here already. But then what? What did Vince do? He brought him up here so they could start this stupid ass group uh, based on you know shit that they don't understand nothing about. To the point where, oh, okay, now they realize the group fucking sucks, and they're like, "Well, he needs work." Oh, okay, and then so now, now you go to almost, who was brought up here as AJ Styles' bodyguard because before the bodyguard, he was just a seven foot ninja, uh-huh. and he don't wrestle. Okay, so I'm just like, I don't know if they put on him taking a bump or him fighting or something like that, but he don't wrestle. So I don't know what the point of it is. I don't know if they want him to get active or physical. Maybe Vince like the way he he was carrying AJ Styles. I don't know. But they sent him back there. I don't care about that. So here comes the big one. Keith Lee. Keith Lee. This is the same Keith Lee who has had matches with Adam Cole at Great American Bash, which by the way... Can, can me and you both agree that was a good match? That was a great match. Great match. Great match where he won. Not the only time in history the NXT Championship and the North American Championship. And the same fucking night. This is a man who had matches with Gorgano. This is a man that had matches with Finn Balor. This is a man that had matches. With Randy Orton, this is a man that had matches with McIntyre. This is a man that had this. This man has a resume of matches that everybody else I named on the list hasn't even sniffed the same presence in the ring with these people. Yeah, and he got um he, AJ too, and you know yeah, now, you, you know what? Fuck! If you want to go to the Indies, anything that he did in PWG. Mm-hmm. With with AJ or Leo Rush or Adam Cole or any of the indie guys that you have seen, he's had matches with them all. Yep. And it ain't like they they were some bullshit as you know Zeus versus Abdul the Butcher matches. They weren't. These. Bring that up, huh? Yeah, I, I had to bring up something bad. These. It's gonna take me a couple days, brother. But look, I'm telling you. <laughs> This was man. Come on now, I'm just feeling so bad. You know, my best friend was gone. I was I was over in the day, but this brother here. Come on now, <laughs> this brother here. I ain't gonna I ain't gonna be able to recover from this. I one. ain't gonna be able to recover this way. Free James Brown. So anyway, <laughs> say it loud. <laughs> so, so you mean to tell me out of all these matches this guy had with these people, and these are quality matches. Which you have put some back on the WWE Network. I have seen Keith Lee live. Uh-huh. Okay? I'm talking about in the indies, not 
I mean, obviously I've seen him in WWE, but I'm talking about the Indies. Look at the awesome match he had with Dominic Dajakovic. Which they had a history going back into the Indies. I'm pretty sure Drew Goulet and Adam Pearce are looking at Keith Lee like, you don't even need to be here. Why are you even here? Why is he there? And people were probably thinking because Vince McMahon don't like the way he looks. That's got to be it because he made him wear a, um, whatever that thing is he made him wear. He put his fucking shirt on Keith Lee when he first got there. Like, he don't like big Keith Lee size. He doesn't. I, I can tell because remember he did the same thing to Killian Dame when Killian Dame got up there. As soon as Killian Dame got up to the main roster, he put a blue singlet on this guy. Mm-hmm. I'm like disgusting, and this is coming from a guy who has hair all lily all over his body, and but they put a fucking singlet on this guy. That makes no... Keith Lee was fine the way he was in NXT, was he not? No, nah, he was good. He he came up... He First of all, you don't have somebody have a big spot at the Royal Rumble and Survivor Series and then all of a sudden just don't like them anymore. Once again, did they, once again, you, you have no reports of Keith Lee injuring anybody. You have no reports of anybody that don't, that don't want to work with Keith Lee. You put him in. You you put him in a big spot with Brock Lesnar at the Royal Rumble, where he took Lesnar to the limit. Then you have have the have him and Roman Reigns have a damn good uh, finish at the Survivor Series last year, where everybody was was everybody was doing the bask in his glory. You gave him a fucking documentary on WWE Network. You just did a, tw- a WWE twenty four on Keith Lee. Yep. And then like now you don't like him that much. And then, but now you're telling me he got to go take these classes from Adam Pierce and Drew Goulet, which are two people he could probably have an excellent match with in the first place. It just don't make no sense that he sent in D. Everybody in that list that I named, Keith Lee can out wrestle them 10 times over. Keith Lee can out twice on Sunday. Twice on Sunday, he he can wrestle literally wrestle all them names I mentioned with his eyes closed, and I'm like, this makes absolutely no sense. He should be the one training them. Yeah, I mean, no offense to Gulak or Adam Pierce, but I mean, I'm saying. Gulak, you know what I'm saying, is an excellent wrestler also. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to Philly. No, I'm, he uh, is, but I'm saying not to be training Keith Lee. Ex- exactly. But all names I mentioned, Keith Lee could be training all them names I said. He could be showing Otis, hey, let me show you how to be a big guy. And not be so, because, you know, Otis, not, Otis, is a, Otis is a hot tag wrestler. Uh-huh. People, if any, don't, if, there are certain wrestlers that were, that were hot tag wrestlers to the point where they were their only point was to get the hot tag and get the people behind them because they have they, they have certain moves that get them over in the hot tag and then when they when they when if they don't win their momentum like okay for instance Shad rest in peace to Shad he's a hot tag wrestler yeah, yeah JTG tag him in JTG takes the heat 
He's the hot tag wrestler. If you go to uh, many other tag teams, you know, across the board, such as Enzo and Cass. Cass is the hot tag wrestler. Uh-huh. This is what he is. Enzo takes the heat, gets his ass beat for you know, the, the majority of the match. He hot tags Cass. Cass comes in there, cleans house. He's the hot tag wrestler. The, you, especially, um, especially when they had their, their all their runs, like you can tell who was who. Who's the hot tag guy? Yeah, is Stevie Ray is a hot tag wrestler. <laughs> and even though Stevie Ray, they're great. But I'm just saying. But Stevie Ray, when they's like, oh, he tagged in Big Brother Steve, and the Booker T took all the heat in the matchup, and he just comes in there, flapjack, 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 and then that, that's what it was. Stevie Ray is the hot tag. So those examples that I have given y'all. Now, Grant, obviously there have been tag teams over the years that have been great tag teams to the point where they both are great wrestlers, you know, the kings of wrestling, and, you know, so forth and so forth. But um, but each tag team, there's always a, a team element where you bring two guys who bring something completely different to the table and they make a great team. One of the greatest teams of all time is New Age Outlaws. Oh, you didn't know? But Billy Gunn was not the talk. He wasn't a charisma guy. I mean, he had charisma because he was Mr. Ass, but he was the better wrestler than the Road Dog, Was he not? Yeah, yeah he was. Yeah. He, could do, he could do more stuff, but Road Dog's Rodolph still could do stuff as well. He couldn't. He just wasn't like as technical. Exactly, but he was. Well, once again, Billy Gunn could talk a little bit on the mic, but it was the Rodolph had the charisma. He had, and you put them together, they 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 were they were untouchable. It's like this: Matt and Jeff Hardy, both great wrestlers. Don't get me wrong; they're both great wrestlers. But Jeff Hardy brought the high flying daredevil aspect to it, where Matt brought the, the technical stuff to it. You know, uh, the Dudley boys. Devon's a better wrestler than Bubba, okay? Uh, yeah. <laughs> of course. A lot of people don't think that because Bubba's the one that had the more mainstream singles career. Because Bubba had better characters. It, but exactly. That's what I'm saying. Bubba had the more characters to both get over, but once again, that was. Look, now, when it comes to APA, I don't know how you. Who's the better wrestler? You, Ron Simmons or JBL? I think it depends. I was thinking about. I was thinking the same thing. Cause like Ron is very good at everything. JBL is good at everything too, but has a better character development. So while his wrestling might not be as high, his character, his characters are like he puts time into his characters. It's almost kind of like um. Well, because, like, J- JBL was the character that worked for him. But it's like, if you go to Ron Simmons, you go to Farouk in The Nation. Mm-hmm. Or if you yeah. go to him at WCW. Like, he's his characters weren't the greatest other than Farouk. But that wrestling was still good. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, but, yeah. It don't even make no sense that even if you even... There, there's rumors about trying to put Keith Lee in a triple threat main event at WrestleMania... Why would you even do this? Because you know why? Vince McMahon could not put his stamp on Keith Lee, and he looked stupid. When Vince first came, he couldn't just be Keith Lee. He couldn't be what Triple H grabbed him up 
and let Triple H let him be him. Yeah, he really didn't change him at all. He did, he came in it and he just had some he had some good music. I, it was, it's still my ringtone. He had the hoodie with the basking basking his glory, and I'm like, so now when he comes out, he comes out here in this this tight ass shirt, which makes him look fatter. Yeah, now that shirt definitely don't help. It, it, at first it, it, he came out with some. At first he came out with not just shorts, but like uh, I don't know what you call them. He came out with this, the with, 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 the, with the with the Samoan Joe skirt shorts. <laughs> and I'm like, see, those don't breathable shorts, so they won't be hugging the thighs. Because if you look at Keith Lee at Survivor Series, when him and Roman Reigns is you know about to give give off the pound, you, you uh-huh. if you look at his tights, they're tight and it's hugging around his legs. So it, it, so Vince is probably looking at it like I don't want to see his fat thighs hugging with those, those tights. So he puts these damn skirt shits on him. It's like, so that they will be hugging his legs. And it looks stupid. It looks stupid. And then, like I said, the shirt makes him look even fatter. When you put this damn awkward ass black shirt on. Some people just don't need no damn shirt. He was, he was, and the thing is, it ain't like he, he showed Keith Lee off to, well, honestly... He is showing him off to a, to a new to a new audience, but the thing is, if you have showed him at the Survivor Series and you showed him at the Royal Rumble, which is the main roster audience, they know what Keith Lee's about. Yeah, they already know this is what we get. So what the fuck is you doing trying to change this guy? Because everything that I have mentioned is Vince McMahon's fault, and he's not going to admit that it's his fault. And he's trying to make it seem like it's their fault for not being good workers. It's your fault. You brought up almost for whatever reason. You were the one who brought up Dio Man and to put him in this terrible ass group. You brought up Dabakato when he should have never even left NXT. You broke up Otis from Heavy Machinery and you put you put a shirt and ruined Keith Lee. That's all Vince McMahon's fault. Whereas Triple H is trying to be a damn uh, team player, but low key, bruh, WWE, Vince McMahon has been trying to sabotage NXT and Triple H for the longest time, and I don't know if anybody can see it or not. Of course, he watches NXT. What do you mean? Nah, I see it. But, uh, nah, I, uh, I don't know. Triple H has got to keep. He gotta just keep moving past it. But here's the thing: he he does try to keep moving past it. But look, he look at what they do. They put NXT on Wednesday to go up against AEW. They get spanked every week. NXT is not what it used to be. No, not at all. But it's because, and one of the reasons is because I'm not saying it's the only reason, but one of the reasons is because Vince. Every time they try to build somebody up, Vince keep taking them. And ruin them. Look what they yeah, look at yeah. Ricochet. Look at Alistair Black. Can do you know where he's at? With his wife. Yeah. Look at Keith Lee. These uh-huh. are people that these are people that they have taken from us to go to the main roster. Look, you barely see I mean, the Street Profits are doing all right. Bianca Belair is is still, you know, visible. Somewhat. Yeah, somewhat, but once again, they take all these stars from NXT, and then sometimes some do good, 
Some don't, a lot don't do good, and then sometimes they had to go back to NXT. But once again, NXT is just not what it what, NXT sometimes feels like the main roster. Now, sometimes, sometimes it's not as bad as Raw SmackDown, but there are just times I'm just like, oh my god, NXT could do so much better, and it's just so tone deaf to even put Keith Lee in a list where you have obvious problems and wrestlers on there. Now, I know I, I talked a long time. Just, just, like, your thoughts? I just... For one, why you bring somebody up and not entirely sure them? Or, like, that's the one I don't understand in the first place. You mean like... But what? then Keith Lee is somebody that you built up, somebody that you've seen, somebody that you put against, you trust him to put against Brock. But yeah, all of a sudden you just—he just don't know how to wrestle. You just don't like him all of a sudden. I don't. Know, that's the part I just don't understand. I don't. Like, this, you when you took him, he was a double champ when he came up. But even though he had just lost it like the day the day before, yeah, he was still like a double champ. And now, if you watch the main roster, you wouldn't even—you wouldn't think he's not even good enough to win the uh, women's championship sometime. Mm-hmm. So I, I I have no idea what they're gonna do, but hopefully he uh, hopefully they do something big for him eventually. I mean, I hope they do something big for him, but then it's like, what do they go back and report to Vince Man? Is he gonna come there and watch the classes? Like, oh well, I don't like the way Keefe does the forward rolls. Like, are you serious? Like, and appears that Drew Good are gonna probably look at this like, bro, this is a waste of our time. Is a waste, or or keep or they can it can make them look good. All of a sudden, Keith Lee doing all this good stuff, and they're like, "See, we we taught them that." <laughs> you know how Vince? Oh, really, y'all? Okay. Well, I mean, it, it, once again, Vince Vince McMahon is going to try to put his own stamp on it because once again, if it's not a Vince McMahon creation, then Vince McMahon is going to do it, and he can't tear it down. And Keith Lee is not a Vince McMahon creation, and like Triple H said, he brought him in from the Indies. He's like, look. I, I seen you in the Indies. You are an impressive guy. So go go out there and do. Remember when Keith Lee first came in NXT? When he yeah, first he, came, he didn't, he didn't have a match for a long time because he was building him up. Yeah, when he was in the audience, me and my wife was watching Takeover, and I was. He was like, "Who's that?" I said, That's "Keith Lee." So. My wife don't watch no indie. She barely watches wrestling, right? When Keith Lee came in for his first match, I said, Dear, just watch. That's what I said. Uh-huh. I forgot who he was going up against. But this is back when Keith Lee was, was jobbing out, guys. And I was like, This big guy that you see, he looks, he's a big guy. You can tell he's a big guy. But watch what he can do. She see him do a Hurricane Rana, a springboard, that that spin kick, and then he knows how to run the ropes. He knows how to run the ropes. There's there's not there's a lot a lot of big guys who don't know how to run the ropes. Remember the, that little kickstart thing he, that he did it with Brock Lesnar? Like he know how to like o, Omega would do it. Mm-hmm. Run the road, yeah, like, like an angle, like yeah. an angle or so. And I was like, the, the man knows how to run the road. The man knows how to take impact. The man knows how to sell. The man knows timing. I'm like, the man knows how to string together a match. What the fuck are you talking about? 
This is a dis. I don't know. Did anybody go back and show him them other matches or something? Not show them? Because I don't understand why uh, Dijakovic is not being used like how he should be. I don't understand why if you you see this guy, seeing what he can do, and they bring him up just to do nothing with him. Yeah, I'm about to say, why wouldn't you want to use Dijakovic? Dijakovic, well? and, Dijakovic and Shane Thorne is probably some of the most talented guys in Retribution. They need to break up and get rid of this whole thing. Because it's dumb. It's fucking dumb, okay? And I can understand the man gets the word, but once again, Otis is Otis is not meant to be a guy that had 20-minute matches. He's a tag team wrestler. Everybody's not meant to be a singles wrestler. Mm-hmm. Everybody's not going to be the Shawn Michaels of the group. Every everybody, there is always in every tag team going to be a Marty Jannetty. The once again, I gotta bring it back. Up. Harlem Heat is in the Hall of Fame, but Stevie Ray is just not the singles guy. Mm-hmm. Booker T broke away from that thing and became a Hall of Famer all on his own. But Stevie Ray is not a singles guy. It's the way it is. And there's many other tag teams where. Two have emerged as good singles guys, and there's, there's other tag teams where once they broke up, it's just like, all right, like such such as the Usos. Jay is showing that he can be a singles guy, but he got still got work to do. Yeah, but they still building him up, like they. Yeah. Well, they, they, they start, you know, they start at the bottom, and they're, they're gradually building Jay up. To be this top singles guy, and he's had some good singles matches. And like I said, the singles dynamic is just from from the tag team dynamic. But everybody's not meant to be the singles guy, and Otis is not the singles guy. And they broke up from Tucker from what apparent reason? They took everything away from him. Mandy Rose, the Money in the Bank, and his tag team partner. Because why? This this was over Otis. He found he found a toy to play with early in the beginning of the year, and then now, first of all, giving Otis the money in the bank in the first place was stupid. Yeah, I never understood. People say he was over. I never thought he was that over to just I'm like, the money in the bank. You can say anybody's over when there's no crowd there. What? <laughs> yeah, that too. You know what I'm saying? You can tell anybody is over. You can do anything you want to with a crowd that's not there when you're piping in the noise. And I mean, you can sit there. All you can do is just watch on screen and either see people booing or going to sleep or whatever the case may be. But um, no, nah. I'm sorry. That is a uh, you can get any you can literally get anybody over you want to. That's why the Royal Rumble is going to be crazy this year. I'm like, I hope they try to bring some kind of fans in there because that 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 piping countdown and that piping noise. It's not gonna be. It's so you told, like them. Thank you. Take your chance. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> they had that shit on. They had that shit on a serious loop. That was a thing. That yeah, was a thing. You take your chance. I'm sorry. I, I, I just I, I had to rant about that because this is truly has lost his mind. I know Triple H is somewhere pulling out some kind of hair follicles because he has to deal with this shit. Um, Kenny Omega was on Impact. There's no Wednesday Night War this week because I took a break from both of them. But Kenny Omega was on Impact Wrestling this week. 
So they 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 uh, you know started like a little crossover and uh-huh. something we haven't say seen in a while. So, uh, what do you think? Because probably you actually did see his part on Impact and you did see his part on Dynamite. So, what do you think is going to happen with this crossover between Impact and AEW? And wh- who 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 benefits from this? Because obviously, Impact's ratings jumped up to like nine hundred thousand on Tuesday when Kenny Omega was on there. So. What do you think this could mean for Impact? I think with the right people, this could mean this could do a lot of good things. Because, um, like I said, Impact has a good roster. Uh, they, you know, it, honestly, they have a good roster, and this can also help them get a better TV deal as well if they do it right. But um, you saw Impact Wrestling? Yes. Oh, now where where do you watch it? Is it on Twitch or is it Access TV? Some people have access to TV. Some people don't. Some people watch on Twitch. Okay, now, now Action TV, that's that Mark Cuban TV network, isn't it? Yeah, that's what uh, New Japan used to come on. Oh, okay. So, yeah, is, is it an actual it TV Friday. channel? Or is it like an yeah. app you gotta get? No, it's a TV channel. It's an actual TV channel. Some okay. people just don't have it. Okay, yeah, well. I don't think so. I have... It's kind of like, remember when um, the WWE main event came on? Was it the Ion or was it We? Oh, I, uh, yeah, some people didn't have I on TV. Yeah, I was like, yeah. okay, but go ahead. Nah, I'm just gonna say, like, that happens sometimes where they can, if they do this, if they do it good or if they do it right, they can potentially get better, like, better things. Better, like, the women's roster and a tag team roster is very good, but you wouldn't know that because you wouldn't know where to watch Impact. So, Sometimes getting more eyes will make the company say, make these other companies say, hey, they're getting more eyes. I wonder if we get them over here, will they be able to be anything, basically? So I think for Impact, the best scenario is them getting a better deal. That's probably it. So do you think that's what this whole Kenny Omega move was for? To help get Impact over, you think? I think, yeah, I think it was to help Impact. Not necessarily all for Impact's sake, I know AEW is going to have some kind of sake in it. Like, I know they're going to probably do, like, a Champions versus Champion match or maybe a dual pay-per-view. But as far as who does it help more, I think it helps Impact more. I honestly think that they may... Look, I think they may honestly do an invasion type of thing. I did it. I did. I think there's been some rumors. I think what they're trying to do is a stadium show. An AEW versus Impact Wrestling uh, stadium show. Since they have the since they have the stadium, like the, what, the Jaguars use it on Sunday or Monday or Thursday, whatever their game are being played, and they have practicing it on Tuesdays and Thursday. So they never use it on Wednesdays. They have their own uh, practice. Um, they got two practice um, stadiums. Arenas, whatever you want to call them. You told uh, Jacksonville? Yeah. Oh, okay. They got one inside and one outside. And in the field as well. Okay. Well, yeah, so... Whatever he said, like, you know, there's nothing really going on on Wednesdays. So... Uh... AEW uh, has that. And they could build up to, like, hey... 
after the football season is done, because we I don't know what the, the Jaguars record is right now in football, but oh, it is terrible. Okay, I'm about to say it's like the it's NFC like one and thirteen or something. Yeah, y'all not going to no playoffs. So it's like okay, once December's over, he, y'all packing y'all shit back up, and we'll, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and we'll see y'all next September. So in the meantime, I think they gotta. This is gonna be the first time because like, you know Vince. So they're going to have that outdoor baseball or the indoor baseball stadium. You know that they're going to try to put some fans from WrestleMania in there. How do you compete against WrestleMania? Now, last year they had to really worry because last year they had no fans. Everybody's going to do a pandemic. And honestly, it was their first year and nobody knew, knew what to expect early on. So everybody had them empty shows. But now... When since, you say compete against WrestleMania, do you mean like as far as like the big show of the year? Or like that same kind of like time period, oh, the same kind of month. I'm saying they will try to have one thing they have not done is a stadium show. I think they will try to have that a, a big kind of show to at least have on WrestleMania weekend, or before WrestleMania, or after WrestleMania to compete with them. I don't think they're going to have any any shows during WrestleMania weekend at all, like ever. I won't, I, won't, I won't say ever, but I don't think at this time they're not going to have any shows at WrestleMania weekend just because a lot of their wrestlers do kind of do those indie shows as well. Yeah. Or do the, the WrestleCons or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, you, you're right now. We, but like I said, this coming up WrestleMania, we don't know what the status of everybody's going to be. Like, obviously, we can't have packed arenas. So if we ain't got packed arenas and stuff like that, they're probably, I don't know if they're going to have that many Comic-Cons or they're going to have... Uh, any of these kind of things uh, c- coming up? Yeah, it's, like, it's, it's Florida. They gonna have some cons. I'm telling you that now. Okay. Oh yeah. You, you forgot it is. It is Florida. They probably gonna do that. But I think they may try to try to do some type of stadium show. It may, it may not be WrestleMania weekend. Maybe maybe before or maybe after. And you promote that and like showing them that they, they can sell out a stadium and do better. Then they're WrestleMania, especially if the, if Vince is trying to do Goldberg and Roman Reigns, and you do Kenny Omega and Rich Swan, or even Kenny Omega and somebody like a CM Punk, who already interviewed with Renee Young and said that the situation got will have to be right and just the stupidest amount of money for him to come back. Omega and Punk, mm-hmm. yeah. dude, I turn off WrestleMania for Omega versus Punk. You won't? I will, but not trying to get too ahead of ourselves here. Nah, I'm not. I'm just saying, but I don't know. I, I just have a sense that with Omega doing this move, I must say it ain't just for one night to get them fucking ratings. It's, it, I, I think it's really just to see if they can do like an Impact versus AEW type of show. Because those versus shows will always kind of work. But when you do some kind of main companies... I'm not talking about like, you know, CZW versus Ring of Honor. Like, I didn't give a fuck about that. Because. Yeah, but I'm saying, like, I'm saying, if they do Champions versus Champions, like a. I don't want to say a Night is Champions pay per view per se, but if they do like a Champions versus Champions joint pay per view, that would probably be good. Because, you know, like, like, it'd be like the Good Brothers versus the Young Bucks, Diana Perrazzo versus, um, Akara Shida. Uh-huh. It'd be like, um, Amber. Oh, uh, not. Oops. Omega versus Rich Swan. Um, yeah, so they have like some good people. It would be, <laughs> unfortunately, Manic versus um, 
Darby Allen, which is interesting. Mm. Manic or TJ Perkins, whatever you want to call him. TJ, oh, I mean, he's the X Division champion. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, you know, hey, I mean, why not? I'm just saying, but that that would be cool, and they they could try to sell out a stadium or bring it to the capacity that they're allowed to do with it. And I think it would be cool, especially, you know, it, it already sounds loud as hell in there when Jericho comes out and everybody keeps singing Judas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Judas Mm-hmm. Well, guys, that right there ends our podcast this week. Like I said, we didn't do, I'm not doing overall spread down stuff or NXT or something like that recap. No Wednesday Night War this week. I will be going back to the wrestling reviews this week, though. Raw, SmackDown, Wednesday Night War. Uh, me and Proctor usually do that. Hopefully, have it up to you by Thursday. Um, uh-huh. Stay tuned. Like I said, we, I'm still trying to do the 12 days of Christmas now since our 25 days didn't work out like we have necessarily planned it. But, you know what I'm saying, we're doing the best that we can over here. Uh, make sure you guys uh, also check out SpaceFully.com. That's what we're a part of. Check out uh, the concert they have over there, Lulu and Pop, Lulu and Pop Horror Show. Both sides, Mark and Dark. Check out our stuff, the No No Give a Shit Wrestling Podcast, Nerd Gas and Talk, Drunk Thoughts Over Tongues, Turntables, Hip Hop Culture, and Beyond. Check us out on all the podcast apps, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, all that great stuff. Then check us out, the snippets on YouTube, uh, YouTube Premium as well. Make sure you guys check out Teespring slash the Real Nerd Coalition for your guys' Nerd Coalition uh, merch. The No Give Me Seated uh, Podcast hoodie and t-shirt is up there, along with Fight COVID-19 with your co- uh, the NC Studios mask. Make sure you check out the Prime Nostalgia Podcast every single Friday with a new nostalgia guest that's on there. So uh, I hope you do a christmas theme one, bro. Uh, recently, we did a um, uh, favorite Christmas songs. Why do you? I was just about to say I have an idea for you. Why don't you do the the the, the what's, your, what's your favorite Christmas song? Yeah, we did like a top five. We got we had a lot of suggestions. Um, so for right, some reason we got we had a lot of suggestions from people uh, from this favorite song. And um, your 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 guy suggested a uh, a classy the DJ song. <laughs> wow. So oh, yeah, your guy. Yeah. So I'm guessing. Silent Night by Temptations 1, right? Well, we didn't do a little bracket. We just did like a top five. Okay. So, yeah. So, yeah. Well, but, I mean. Yeah. That would be dope. So, uh, and also, uh, so ch- check him out. Check out Q-Flow and the Wardrome and his new uh, song that just came out. What's it called? The, the Finish Line? Yeah, it's called the finish line. Yeah, so so uh, check out his new song wherever you get your music. Q uh, underscore flow and all that great stuff. So um, get ready, to get up out of here, guys. See you guys next week. Uh, so here's the way I plan on doing it. Next week is the final show before Christmas. Prime, would you want to do the the best numbers of 2020 after Christmas, before New Year's, or do it before Christmas? Uh, we can do it after. Okay, cause yeah, next week we we, we gotta do our TLC predictions and we gotta do all that other stuff. So we will do that next week. But after then we're gonna take a break uh, on Christmas weekend. So we'll I, we'll have a special episode up there for you guys to listen to on Christmas, and then 
you know, we'll be back uh, after that for the best and worst. So, that's a lot of great stuff. So, uh, once again, this is NC, a place to be church member, staying D, and not Deion Sands or Primetime. All right, and Q-Flow, wherever you're at, take us out. To your ears, welcome to the show. We don't need any gimmicks, you already know. So sit back, relax, and hit the like button. Go and share with your friends and keep the likes coming. Swag on trivia and prompts top five. Either way, it's fun and you're hearing it live. Join with your host, Mr. A and E. Yeah, you know it's the place to be. It's in C. Searching for just the right job? Whether you're looking for full-time, part-time, or seasonal work, you can get started today. Amazon Jobs offers the whole package with great pay and flexible shifts that allow you to choose when and how much you work. Find a warehouse close to home and discover the role that works for you. To get your application started for an hourly job, go to Amazon.com slash apply. That's Amazon.com slash apply. Amazon is proud to be an equal opportunity employer.